welcome to another episode of the Trailer Island Podcast. Yeah, we're into Australia Month at the moment. I'm your host, Alex, and as every week, we're joined by... Rams McArdle. And... Sheepy Williams. <laughs> Good. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go yeah. with it. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. No, I've said it. I've said it now. That seems entirely appropriate. It's on brand. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. Great. Mm -hmm. All right. Anyway. uh, Wait, no, I could have said Matthew Williams, couldn't I? Oh, Oh, that would have been better. Such a disappointment. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm sure it's not the first time he's heard being called a disappointment. Wow. Um, Already with the personal attacks. All right. (laughs) Let's go. Let's do it. So we compare films in their trailers on the Trailer Island podcast because we're stuck on this tropical island and we've got nothing else to do. So... That's what we do. Did the film deliver what the trailer promised? And this week we've got a third film in our instalment of Australian Film Mm. Month. And it's a recent release. End of 2020, was it? Uh, Yes. Yes. Was it December, was it? Uh, No, it was October. Oh, really? It was October, yeah. Okay. Well, because we managed to get it on a, on physical media, we did. We uh, I did miss this in cinemas, and um, so I went down to our local um, beach Blu-ray store and <laughs> bought it on on Blu-ray, and um, so so we all sort of shared a copy of that. Really, that's a quick turnaround for a, for a, very, a physical media, isn't it? Very quick turnaround. I was surprised actually. Um, yeah. Meh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. no. <laughs> oh, it's begun, hasn't it? <laughs> Who would like to introduce this week's film? Well, I better do it. Seeing as this month has just been torture, let's just make it torture. <laughs> this week's film is the film Rams. Look at you, my beauties. You are beautiful. You are beautiful. But you're the best. This is the one we've all been waiting for, folks. The Calvin Horn Ram judging. Fine Ram, all right. He's gonna be a busy boy, I reckon. What do you mean? Okay, the Grimerson brothers find themselves the last two standing yet again. And Les Grimerson is the winner. Oh, come on, Cole, cheer up. You two haven't spoken in 40 years. Why start now? Les's ram is sick. Farmers have been shocked by the discovery of a highly infectious disease. A control plan has been put in place in the hope of containing the outbreak. I reckon we spent half our lives in here. It means everything to them. That's it, mate. They're taking the whole bloody valley. Why don't they take us while they're at it? Finish the job. You gotta follow the rules. No kidding. Oh, my lovely girls. Smells like sheep. No sheep. A lot of air fresh now, eh? I know what you've got That that is advertising a different film. Okay, so I'm what right a, out of the gates. What a right lovely cheery cheery trailer. Right out of the gates. This this is why I don't like Australian films. All right, because this film is not that perky. No, and very it, much it, not it is so. marketing itself to 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 the, the the Australian people in the way that only Australian movies know how. 
by here's the landscape and here's the people. I, I would look. I, I know tonight's going to be interesting. Well, sorry, I should when a time is is just a construct, but um, I think tonight might be interesting because well, I don't know when people are listening, do I? You know, whenever you're listening, um, I might actually side with Steve on this one tonight. Yeah, uh, this could be interesting. I'm, I'm erring do on it. the side of Steve as well. Yeah. yeah. I've seen many sides of Steve, and this is the one that I'm probably most comfortable with. <laughs> I Yeah, I watched that trailer last night, and then uh, just so we'll get into this later, but I actually watched the Swedish uh, original film trailer. I don't think it's well. Swedish. It's uh, Scandinavian. Well, I watched that trailer, and that trailer is a lot more dark. Yeah. The, the Scandinavian trailer looks... Um, Icelandic. Icelandic. That looks... Not Europe. <laughs> so so from from the country that brought you Ya Ya Ding Dong. <laughs> oh, that's a deep cut right there. Um, yeah, that's a, the, the, the Icelandic version of this trailer looks a lot, lots, a lot darker, a lot more indie as well. Well, let's, let's clarify something here. So this Rams film is a remake of an Icelandic film which came out in approximately 2015. Yeah. And the rights were acquired to make an Australian version of it, and that's what we're reviewing this evening. Now, none of us here have seen the original version, and after seeing this, I'm very interested to see how that version of it pans out. Because this, I don't know, I because we've seen films translated before into different formats, and, mm-hmm. you know, Australia is a good place to bring a film about sheep because... Farming sheep and rams and everything is is part of the yeah. the land here. I would say it's a logical decision to make a remake here. I can see why that would look good. Yeah, I think paper. it's it's like if you look at the trailer for the Icelandic one, it's very similar in the sense of uh, the nature mm-hmm. of the you know the severity of the place that sure. it takes place. But I don't know that this film translates very well. I disagree. Oh, it's hard to comment on without having seen the original. Um, I, I would suggest, and and as we get into more of the plot, I, I have a few points I think where where perhaps too much effort has been made to take what is perhaps quite a simple premise and add Australian elements to it. Oh man, everything you're just saying is <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> Um, I, I, I have a feeling that they took what was a very clear-cut story and thought, great, let's not only set this in Australia and, and cast Australian and New Zealand ac- uh, actors, but let's also add story elements and side plots that weren't in the original that are an Australian flavour mm. um, to varying degrees of, of success. Steve, how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling like we should get into the, the fleece of this film, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a lot of sheep puns tonight. I can barely contain myself. Oh, boy. (laughs) So, so what is this film about? We've got two brothers played by Sam Neill and Michael Caton. Yeah, my as we discussed when we talked about the dish, the uncle you never thought you needed. We have have done a lot of Sam Neill films. Uh, uh, We've only done... This is only the second one, I think, so far. That feels like a lot. <laughs> it is the second one in a row, I suppose. We well, I, do- I just know that we're looking to the future. I know at one point we're going to do The Hunt for Red October, yeah, yeah. and that's another Sam Neill film. We're getting sidetracked. So, <laughs> two two brothers haven't spoken to each other for 40 years. They both work on essentially what we find out is the same farm, but it's split right down the middle because, mm. yeah, they don't they no longer get along with each other. And I like that structure. Just yeah, as, it's great. A, as a premise for your characters, that is... Terrific. 
That's great. What a, I, what I a solid, pre- um, what's the word? Um, well, premise. Setup. Se- thank you, setup. Yes. It's immediately um, apparent to you, the audience member, what the situation is. This film actually does start quite well with Sam Neill just, you know, dealing, farming, doing the farming things. And um, he notices that one of his, well, rather, a sheep has given birth on the other side of this fence. And we just learn almost immediately through the way he looks to the neighboring property and the way he gets over that fence that he shouldn't really be jumping mm-hmm. over that fence. Then he carries it up. Like not a single word is spoken. He carries it up to this building, puts the, the lamb down, knocks on the door and starts to walk away. Michael Caton answers the door and Sam Neill just points going, I found your, you know, the mum's down there and she's not very well. I think she's actually dead. It's all done with physical no, actions. Yeah, that's so. it. No dialogue. Yeah. But you completely, you don't understand that they're brothers, obviously, but you completely understand that they don't talk to one another. Yeah, now, Michael Caton is Les and Sam Neill is Colin. Yeah. So Colin and Les, uh, they take their sheep to, or their rams, sorry, they take well, their yes. rams to the local show. So they head to Mount Barker and they're going to take their rams and they're going to, have a little show, and they're going to put them on show. Okay, yeah, actually, sorry, can I, can I jump in, Alex? Because I have one massive question. I am not... Uh, this is going to sound a little lewd, and I apologise to the ladies and gentlemen listening. I, I've i never really examined a ram before, but but are, are the, the testes of a ram that big? <laughs> like, is that I, accurate? Or? I believe that they weren't stunt testes. They were real they, testes. They look fake. Really? I, I, the, the way that, again, I don't want to I just, I was looking at going, ha, have they constructed this for comedy's purposes? The way that it's framed, the way that, you know, everyone always seems to come up at this fair and then go, oh, let's have a look at this Ram's testes. So like, is this meant, is this like a fabricated joke or is this based on actual anatomy of a Ram? Everyone knows that the softest wall is on the testes. Everyone. <laughs> I don't quite think that that's the science behind it. I think it's got more about its breeding capabilities. Sure. No, and I got that. I just, I was just questioning the realism. They, they drew quite a lot of attention to it, they didn't do, they? They do, yes. It's in the trailer, actually, funnily enough. So if anyone's interested yeah. in this weird kind of comedic framing that I'm talking about, that shot is in the trailer. It's mm. a lot of testicle play, yeah. Yeah. There's, uh, yeah. And I think we'll come back to how comedy is played out in this film. Yeah. But, so as it turns out, Les wins the the show off between the two brothers, and which because it's in the trailer, so there's no spoiler there. <laughs> and Colin goes back to the sheds after everything sort of calmed down because he's lost out to mm. Les, and he goes, "Well, hang on, why? Why? What's so special about this?" Because there was something that they mentioned specifically. He's having a feel of the ram, and he just realizes, "Hang on, there might be something wrong with this ram. Like it, it's got symptoms of something that we." You know, of a disease that we fear might be in the valley now. And it starts to unravel from there. Now, of course, and I think the film does this quite well, is, I mean, we're all very aware perhaps of how easily diseases can travel because of what's happened in the last 12 months. But this ram with this disease has been brought to this competition mm-hmm. where rams from all over the valley have also come to. Yeah. So as obviously the big fear now is suddenly they've all got it and they're all going to go back and spread it to everyone else. And that's unfortunately very much indeed. I don't think this is a spoiler at all. No. This is, that's in fact exactly what happens. Well, that's the main drive of the movie right there. Exactly. And absolute disaster. This valley, as far as I can tell from the film, makes it out that looking after these sheep and these rams and this livestock is what this valley thrives on. Well, it's, it's what, that and they're breeding a unique 
breed of sheep as well. Yes, that's quite important, isn't it, to them? Yeah, yeah, they're very proud about the fact that they don't uh, they don't breed in those generic merinos. The beginning of this film, the first half, I think, plays out more or less quite well. And one of my and it, but like we say, it's a lot heavier than that trailer suggests. Oh yeah, because. It's not very long until, obviously, the government officials come down, the health officials come down, and we've got to slaughter all these animals because, you know... uh, The one thing the film doesn't make clear, by the way, is I'm assuming these animals are now, obviously, unsafe to eat. But obviously... (laughs) obviously. No, 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 no. You're wondering if you get some free mutton. No, 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 no. My my point is I'm assuming this disease can't be caught by humans unless they consume the livestock. Well, like the government guys are in biohazard suits. Yeah, but so none of the farmers are. And I just wondered, the film's not clear. It's like, does Sam Neill also have this disease now? I think it's just a matter of their... I would suspect that those people that are dealing with the sheep from the government yeah. have to deal with a variety of different mm. things, so they're just trying to prevent the spread because yeah, they'll sure. be going other places. Yeah. Um, now, oh, so, yes. sorry, sorry if I may, just very quickly, my favourite scene in this film, not because it's like, you know, it's not cheery, but um, it's... I just think Sam Neill plays it so well and it was really moving is the government want to take away the animals and deal with them humanely but in a facility and Sam Neill's character is very much like no these these have been raised here and he sort of wants to take him out humanely but on his own terms and so he sort of one evening sits down and I think he has a drink of something and then it's really tragic goes and shoots them all see I think that's that's the strength of this film is when it doesn't play into into the comedy, I completely I think agree. When it, when it gets into the dark, nitty gritty, like yeah. you really understand at the beginning of this film that all of these people's identities are are, are wrapped up in in the idea of farming and these sheep. Mm. Uh, and and when Sam Neill kills all the sheep, you feel it. Oh yeah, yeah. and he's really devastated do. as well. Like he he clearly loves his animals, and you just feel for him so much that. What a big deal it is. Like, this, yeah. is, this is an absolute tragedy. And that's where I really feel like this film wasted too much time trying to be funny mm. in parts mm-hmm. yeah. and absolutely flopped <laughs> when it tried to be funny. And yeah. and the acting up to be like yes. Ocker Australian yeah. farmers yeah. So, yeah. was when just we did, like, um, oh, come on. When we did The Dish, we were talking about, or we mentioned rather sort of the, how that film was kind of slapstick but not slapstick. It still felt, well, to most of us at least, it still felt <laughs> quite real. Whereas this film... I felt like the comedy was absolutely played for slapstick and also just didn't work. Mm. So the chief government guy, or rather the guy who seems to be having all the dealings with Sam Neill, his character is presented as kind of just manic, buffoon kind of character. But So he's played for comedy, but I think he should have been played as a threatening character. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm. And none of his... It's, not a, it's nothing against the actor. It's the way that it's been directed and written. But none of his jokes or his funny moments ever land. Yeah, yeah He no. didn't make me laugh. Once they should have really um, lent in to how dark some of the themes are in this film. Yeah, I, I feel like when it does double down on 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 the seriousness of, of this situation, that's when this film actually really shines. Mm. And if we can bring it back to the dish again, we we talked about well, you guys talked about how good some of the things. Um, unsaid in that film really were. And I mm. disagreed. And I feel like this film actually gets the unsaid part of, of, of filmmaking really, really well. You've got a relationship, relationship here between two brothers who haven't talked in years that gets fleshed out without a word. Yeah, I liked that. And and it's not until the last maybe third of the film where actually one of these two brothers actually says something to, to one another and it's it's... Hey, matey, you're right. 
and 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 it hits so hard. I would completely agree with you there. See, yeah. they do they do do that well, but then it's counteracted by all the other characters yeah. saying everything that they're mm-hmm. thinking that doesn't leave anything to be imagined. Like yeah. there's there's a lovely well, well, a potentially lovely scene where a bunch of the fa- other farmers are in the pub and they're all chatting and stuff and then the thing comes up about people going I'm going to leave. And the other's like, what do you mean you're leaving? You can't leave, blah, blah, blah. And that scene could have been played so much yeah. better, but it's just full of, oh, I can't believe you're leaving. I'll knock your socks off, I will. Uh, and yeah. I, I, it, it could have it been played where they're just still sitting in silence. Yeah, it could have been. And it just really someone, says, someone just says, I'm leaving, yeah. and that's it. You cut yeah. the tension with the knife right, right there. And that's all you need to do. You don't need to have all this... You know, we're sitting in an RSL and we're sitting around having a few bevies <laughs> and we're going to talk about leaving. And it's just like, guys. And no. that's what really annoyed me is I think the film does admittedly do a very good job of making you care, at least for Sam Neill's character, because you don't really meet Les properly until a bit later on. But you do, you you are rooting for him. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then the film merely coasts on the goodwill of Sam Neill and his performance is actually very good. Mm. But after a few very badly timed comedic slapstick moments by characters you don't you couldn't care less about, that goodwill really starts to wear thin. And this brings me to another one of my biggest grievances, which is I understand the film is set in Australia, but why is there a subplot about bushfires? I didn't mind that. It makes sense. Right. Please, me, please explain it to me. Let you. me explain this to you. So in the background of this film, about sort of about a third of the way through a bushfire occurs in the mountain range nearby, and they're all because they're all farmers. They're all country fire vol- country fire volunteers, and part of the story that Sam Neill's character talks about is you know a fire in the past where all these fresh, mm, yeah, all the fresh roots and sh- uh, shoots and leaves and everything come out of the ground. And which plays into the plot which happens at the end. Now, we know in the story they decide to, because it's in the trailer, Sam Neill's character, Colin, saves some of the sheep. Mm -hmm. He's done a very naughty thing (laughs) because he can't bring himself to destroy all of the sheep. And part of that is escaping to where the fire is. Now, I imagine part of that is that it gives them a reason to go to that area because... There's going to be all this fresh stuff for the sheep to eat in the future. Right. I think that's sort of it. And another point and about it, it, the f- it wouldn't be diseased, I suppose, because it's new growth. Yeah, all, all, all of that stuff. Sure, why not? Sure. You know, the film doesn't make doesn't want you to think too hard about it, I think. <laughs> but I, what thing I did actually like about this, I felt that they represented the threat and the fighting of a bushfire quite well. Mm. I no, found that bit the most engaging because I felt like the pacing in this was Quite poor. I would agree. And, yes. And I honestly got bored watching this movie. I definitely didn't get bored, but I would agree it drags a bit in places. There's, yeah. there's too many subplots sitting around just trying to fill mm. time. It, it could have been 90 minutes. could have been a tight story. I feel like Colin's love interest story was a bit yeah. bleh. Yeah. Now, this is a shame because Miranda Richardson is a terrific actress. She is. And I think she's trying to do her best with perhaps very limited yeah. direction mm. in this. Yeah. Because whilst both Sam Neill and Miranda Richardson are both very charismatic, charismatic, I can't say it. Charismatic. Charismatic, thank you. Charismatic actors. Um, and they do bounce each off, bounce off of each other quite well. I still didn't believe their yeah. relationship. No. And I don't think that's their fault. Like I said, they're very they're both very good actors. And it's just 
it felt forced. It felt like you must believe yeah. that. that yeah. I didn't feel any chemistry between. So Cat is her character's yeah, name. Yeah, the vet. I just, I just. I was like, why are you – I get, yes, you're the vet who confirms that the issue is there, but I don't know. And she doesn't really do anything other – well, I won't. we won't get into spoilers, but she doesn't do much throughout the rest of the film mm. other than occasionally turn up and try and woo him with some, hey, I've made you some dinner or do you want a glass of wine at Christmas, which is all very sweet. But other than that, it's like she's just a distraction. Just so we're aware, she plays Rita Skeeter in Harry Potter. Mm, mm. And amongst many other roles, I think she was in Black Hatter as well as she's Queenie. Many, many different roles. And I just th- thought she was a bit wasted in this. I do agree with you about the uh, the wasted sort of, uh, well, maybe not wasted, I would say excessive subplots. Yeah. Um, and, I, and that's why I'm sort of really keen to actually sit down and watch the Icelandic mm. film because... I mean, I haven't seen it yet, but I feel like it's going to be a lot more concise. You think it'll be a finer colour fillet? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. It's a, a, a very do. extravagant. Of course, a shade. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, in terms of pacing, I, I really I, I didn't mind the first two thirds of the film. I thought where where Colin there started to go on a little bit of a road trip at the end there sort of dragged on. Yeah, I thought that was a really really long long winded bit. Um, I also thought the the ending was quite sudden. Like I, it just I, came out of nowhere. Yeah, I did not like the ending of this film, um, and I won't, I won't say what it is because I don't because it's a new film. And look, you should you should go and see it. I think there's mm. some very worthwhile things. Uh, Sam Neill, like I say, I, I might be a little biased because obviously I think you guys are probably saying we've grown up with Sam Neill from our childhood, from Jurassic Park, probably being one of our first exposures to him, and then to all the other more adult films he's done. I just feel inclined to like him regardless of what he does. But I do I do think his performance in this is actually very good and very, yes. very measured. And he uh, he's probably the only person who, when he does comedy, the moments actually land. Mm. I thought Kate I, had some good bits. I thought uh, Wayne Blair's character, Lionel. He was fantastic. He was really good. Who, which one was Lionel? He's the Indigenous Australian. who. Oh, who I liked him, yes. Yeah. But I thought he was going to be more integral in helping Colin and Les. I thought he would have had more to do in the end. It's hard to yes. talk about the end without ruining yeah. it, I know. But now, um, now, it's an interesting concept to bring out in a year of global pandemic because <laughs> we're thinking about the plot here. So a whole valley of sheep is potentially ravaged by this disease. Mm-hmm. It could potentially kill a lot more and our lead character decides to not yeah. have Fuck. that happen, <laughs> save some of them. <laughs> And sheep that could be potentially diseased, even though, you know, we're pretty sure that they're fine. Mm. I mean, we hate the administrator in this film, but... Should we? He has a point. Ultimately, he's like, well, this disease could spread. We need to deal with it. And that's why I'm annoyed that he's played for comedy. I think especially... I mean, I'm not sure when this was shot, if it was shot before the pandemic or afterwards. But I think if he was played as a more threatening presence, not because he's a villain, but because he is oath-bound to do the right thing by the health of everyone and make sure all these sheep are put down that you it would have raised some more interesting questions about colin's actions because you know you think about if people don't get covid tested that they, they are they are a villain aren't they like mm, we, we yeah. don't like those people you got to do the right thing and they don't get themselves treated they're yeah, a villain. exactly so it's sort of, it, like you say it's an interesting concept to bring up where you're you're kind of rooting for this guy who has disobeyed rules that are put in place i think for very understandable reasons. However, they, there is a conversation with the vet where she does sort of say, this is actually a little bit of overkill. 
On I, the other hand... But on the other hand, why take the chance? I mean, people eat this stuff, don't they? So On the other, other hand, those sheep and the rams, they self-isolate quite successfully. When they need to exercise, <laughs> they go out in pairs. Well, as, as a group, as a self-contained group, they go out for a half an hour. They come back in uh, and they, uh, they are checked by uh, someone quite well known to them mm. um, <laughs> who's not, not afraid to touch... Touch testicles. No, he, no, he's definitely not. I, I actually kind of loved how he'd cut out bits in the walls of his house so when no one was that around, was, yeah. it turned into more of a stable kind of thing. I, that was actually really cool. That was actually quite well done. It was a bit of Wallace and Gromit trickery. Yeah, wasn't it? it was, yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. It's odd. I, I actually really found myself enjoying this film. I, I definitely enjoyed the first three quarters, but when he when he goes on that road trip, yeah, I know he's, he's potentially, because of his role in the castle, maybe considered, I'm not an expert, maybe some, something of a national treasure, Michael... Caton, perhaps just he's quite yeah, recognizable yeah. as an Australian actor. I found his performance a little lackluster. I'd have to di- thoroughly disagree. Yeah, I, there, there are two moments that stand out to me. One I can't talk about because it's the end, but I found I thought it could have been done better. But the one, the moment where the government turn up to his side of the farm and take his sheep, and he, and and you know he's obviously very upset and doesn't want to take them. I thought could have been more powerful just in his performance. So that played well just just right for me. Okay. Uh, I really I, as I, it was I, as, as as it was the camera angles you're looking in it in, into it as as almost a voyeur. But I, well, I like that. Yeah, but that's my point though is I loved the way it was constructed. I just found his performance to be a little weak. And that's what I'm saying to you is that <laughs> I felt like the performance oh. suited oh, okay. the actual scene that was constructed sure. for it. Okay, that's, and that's fair enough. I I just think he could have gritted his teeth a little bit more. Okay. He is also he also looks incredibly old. So he does. Yeah. Um, he has not. You're right. I mean, you know, Sam Neill's aged like a fine wine, but um, <laughs> I don't know how much of it was performative and makeup. <laughs> Having watched the Icelandic, the original version of the trailer, that's that shot almost is shot for shot. Yeah, I was a little when, bit um when things are getting when he's getting taken away, or you know, there's quite a few shots that seem shot for shot. So are you it disappointed is be, by that? I don't have a problem with it. I have no problem with it being quite a you know a similar sort of thing. What what I am worried about is the Australiana of it. Yeah, is probably overstated and oversaturated for something that didn't really need to be there. And I did have a bit of a giggle when watching the first. You know, the opening shots are just all landscape shots oh, of yeah. Australia. Yeah, I did. I did. And, and I that. thought to myself, Steve's gonna hate that. Yeah, and yeah. we and we like, have a kangaroo shot in this film. Uh, yeah. We have the kangaroo shot. It is a smoking carcass, but yep. of course, but it is a roo. <laughs> I, I thought to myself watching the beginning of this film, Margaret River's going to get a lot of tourists this year. <laughs> yeah. But I was kind of like, mm, I'm interested to see if any of these shots play into the plot of the film whatsoever. Look, a little bit, a little, a li- bit. and yes, a little. It bit. does set up a little bit of the geography around the farm, which does come into it in the later parts of the movie. Mm. But I think we all know that it was primarily there so that uh, tourism WA could. Uh, Hopefully, sell some uh, tourist tickets to people interstate. Yeah, well, if they let us in. Yes. But is there anything wrong with that? It's the same reason why I don't like going to uh, car lots. It's because I don't like the feeling of being sold to all the time. Okay. Uh, if I'm going to a car lot, I just want to talk about the car I'm looking at at the moment. <laughs> you don't need to sell me on it. I'm looking at the car right now. Okay. I can see the pros and cons of Western Australia. You don't need to sell it on me. Also, I want to point out, let's just hope that 
WA does break away and this is actually a foreign film and um, <laughs> what? it does it, it kinda kinda takes it out of out of the Ronnie for Australia month, doesn't it? Where, where does that come from? <laughs> Comes from succession. Ah. I don't think WA's quite you know, <laughs> declared itself a republic yet. <laughs> wow. All that disease sheep and all that. I kinda like the, the young the young Ocker Australia guy they got in there. I thought he was endearing. He didn't do anything with the plot. Again, this is what we're talking about. This is like the superfluous yeah. character sort of thing. But he represents the young country Australian. G'day. <laughs> he's a character. He's a larrikin. Why the future of he, farming? He's a larrikin for sure. I'm going to stay on the land. <laughs> I feel like we're getting into the Simpsons version of Australian accents. Hey, Mel, get off the day roof. <laughs> I'm going to talk to the Prime Minister. <laughs> Oi, Prime Minister! <laughs> Um, oh, well. Coffee. Could I? Could I talk about um, talking about the comedy? Uh, uh, look, I'm not an expert on these things, which is clearly why I made this mistake in the film. But there, there's a so so Sam so Colin Sam Neill's character decides to shelter these remaining sheep and keep them alive because he he's a he wants to keep them alive, and he he needs to feed them. So he's growing grass in a green room inside his house. Mm. When we're introduced to this, we are actually not aware that he's kept sheep. And like I said, I'm not a huge expert on such things. So when he opened up the cupboard and you saw the blue light and stuff growing, I thought, has he, in his depression after killing all his sheep, just become a drug dealer? I honestly Uh, thought the film was going to take that turn until I realized, (laughs) oh, no, wait, no, it's it's just grass so he can feed his sheep. Wouldn't that have been an interesting turn of events? And I thought, okay, that's brave to to do that. Earlier on, when he's at the vet's office, Mm. the vet cat is making herself a grass juice out of exactly the same stuff. So he's obviously got the idea from her. Yeah, and and I just didn't join the dots at the time. Okay. Because I was, because, you know, he, he... before that, you go, okay, he's killed his sheep, his brother's sheep have been taken, and then it's like, you know, however many months later or so. And I thought, he looked a little sad. You don't know that he's kept sheep alive. I thought, is this going to turn into some kind of drug dealer film? Like, what's happening? You're worried that Sam Neill is going to break bad? I didn't want Sam Neill to be corrupted by the, the government. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Mm. Anyway, but, you know, yeah, like I say, just a misconception on my part. Let's, let's uh, put our our hands beneath the, the legs of this movie and actually give this movie a rating. What's something the film's related Rotting to? prawns, which is something that you would understand from the film. Ooh. Generic rum bottles. Generic rum bottles. Not sure what that reference is. Oh, you're talking about... Um, Michael Caton was drinking a Les. lot of rum. Yeah, he's sozzled. Bushfires. Bushfires. <laughs> um, cooked kangaroo. Dead ruse, I think. Come on, it's the first... We've, we've been doing Australia Month and we haven't actually had a shot... In any of these films of a kangaroo, and now we do. It's a charred roux. Ram testicles. Let's go with ram. Let's go with ch- charred ram testicles. No. <laughs> charred sure roux. Dish somewhere. Charred roux. Let's go with that. Charcoal. Yeah. Oh well, I'll, I'll I'll go first if if that's all right. Then um, I did enjoy this film, and and like I say, I went in very much wanting to like it. I thought here here we go on a, on a Again, that trailer does definitely make it seem a lot cheerier than it actually is. However, I was happy that it took a darker turn, at least initially. But but then because I was so happy with that turn, I became increasingly frustrated when the film tried to keep dragging me back to comedy. I thought, no, just pick a tone and stick with it. 
I, I do like the premise. I do like the story, despite its clunkiness at times. And and I like I like I've said a few times, I do think Sam Neill's actually very good in this film. When I watched this, I had to watch Hunt for the Wilder People immediately afterwards because there's something about Sam Neill being a rustic farmer that just suits him so well. So I had to do a double billing. No, I, I enjoyed the film. I would sit down to watch it again. I think it's got a lot of merit. And I think it's got some heart. It may be forced, but it's got some heart. I'm going to give it 3.5. It's a good rating. I'm going to give it 3. Okay. Relative to me, it's pretty good. That's not bad. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, what I would say is that uh, whoever whoever developed the trailer for this movie really, re- they they fail to understand <laughs> the audience. They they really they are shockingly bad at advertising movies for Australian audiences because if if they were forthcoming and just saying that this is a pretty dark and bleak sort of film, I, I would have been like. Cool. This is this maybe has my attention, or I might be able to withstand the the, the Aussie battlers for a little bit um, and watch the film. I think things need to be tightened up substantially, um, and I uh, uh, some of the dialogue in this film is is very clunky, and that's that's in contrast to some really really good not a word said sort of moments. You know, uh, lots of lots of really good character moments where there's. There's no word shared between two characters with a with a with a, a layered history. I think it does that really well. I just uh, it struggles with tone, and I think probably for the first time on this podcast, the trailer really actually turned me off the film. Oh, and I actually probably lost points because of it. Yeah, and and I think that's fair that it should too, given the concept of what this podcast is all about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, three from me. Well, you know, both both of you made really good points that I don't feel like I need to repeat. Like I found that it was clunky in parts. The dialogue was a bit iffy. Sam Neill is fantastic. Part of me wishes that this is part of the Jurassic Park universe <laughs> and that post-Jurassic Park, he's gone back home and he's just, you know, decided to go get back into sheep farming. I am going to rewatch this film immediately with that in mind. <laughs> and just imagine if a T-Rex turned up. Now, oh, that would be cool. What a finale. I don't think the film should have been called Rams. It gives you an idea that it's a light-hearted story about animals, and, and it's not. No. Not at all. But the film tries to go, oh, you know what, maybe we should just line things up a bit. But in the face of it, it just it, it doesn't work at all. It should have been called, I don't know, The Paddock or something like that. I don't know. It just it it wasn't what I hoped it would be. Yeah. One point on that though, yes, um, is that, is that the Icelandic film is also called Rams. No, I know, and but, I know. But I think this is a question of marketing, and and the the posters, the trailer for this are all light, upbeat, wonderful pastel colors. Whereas the poster for Rams in in Iceland is is like this monotone, sort of real serious. Yeah, there's this wonderful Technicolor Dreamcoat posters for the Australian version. Like Michael Caton's put a funny face on, like, oh, I'm the larrikin in not, this film. Oh, he does not smile in this movie. No, he is he is an alcoholic and two brothers who hate each other. Mm-hmm. And 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 everything about the advertising of this film said, oh, it's a yeah, look at these guys. They haven't chatted in a while, but you know what's going to bring them together? Something magical, and a miracle is going to happen on the farm. And it's, yeah, well, not quite. Yeah. So what are you going to give it? Your rating. How many dead ruse? <laughs> two and a half. Ooh. Okay. I was going to give it two, but you guys kind of convinced me a little bit more in the upwards, so I'm going to go two and a half. Can okay. I just say that it's actually a little bit refreshing <laughs> that, that a trailer 
as a sizable part of what we've got to talk about tonight. Like that, this is this is the real like focus of what we're doing. Mm. This is what episode thirty-eight or something, something like is, that. This is the nitty-gritty of like what we do when this this podcast yeah. is is there are there are examples like this that absolutely just miss sell a film, mm. pretend it's something that it's not. This is a way better film that this than this trailer is pretending that it is. I would suggest watching absolutely watching this film without seeing the trailer. Yeah. Because the trailer will missell you elements. Or if you want things to change in Australia, watch the trailer, watch the film, and then complain to Village Roadshow. <laughs> well, see, and maybe that's what it is. I went in thinking it was going to be this particular film, and yeah. it wasn't that at all. And that kind of just turned me off of it. I was like, well, this isn't what I was expecting. Whereas I was pleasantly surprised to see it playing a little more seriously. And then, mm. But then, like I said, I just got really annoyed when it then tried to turn that around and be funny again. It's yeah. like, no, 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 no. Like, this guy's had to kill all his sheep. Yeah. You roll with that now and the consequences of that. You don't just have some government guy going, oh, what are you doing here? Oh, I'm useless. I can't even use a pen properly. You just don't do that. Is anyone going to try and make the... We're going to try and sit down and watch the, the Icelandic version? Uh, yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try and track it down and, and, and watch it. Does it have Sam Neill in it? No, but it's got people <laughs> with Icelandic accents. Oh, that that's, could be that's good. That's just a blessing. That, that is fun, yes. Oh, look, the theme music. Yeah, oh, I don't I know. contemplate my own mor- mor- uh, mortality now. Well, see, I'm really concerned because I feel like I was more Steve than Steve with this week. Yeah, well oh, done, yeah. Steve. Round of applause. You guys, your, are, uh... you guys are feeding off my hatred and I just love it. <laughs> Sorry, we've got one more film. We'll, uh, we'll still try and uh, we can, maybe we can get you up to a five on the next film. Next week, I, if, we ever, if we ever do it, uh, I'm going to make you all, all despise the castle. We're not you, doing the castle. I'm going to make you all see the castle for what it is. <laughs> the castle's been chill for corporate lawyers. Oh. All right. Anyway, so we've been the Trailer Island podcast, and that was the third film in our series of Australian films for Australia Month. Now, you can find us uh, wherever you get your podcasts Spotify, Google, Apple, all those sorts of things. You can head to the website www.trailerisland.com.au. If your friends haven't heard about us, let them know. Okay, mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? We've got these guys from Australia. They're doing a podcast. And it would really help us out if you shared that. If you Wherever you listen to us, give us a five-star review. That helps us find more audience numbers and people. And the more that we can get into the show, the more you can give us suggestions. And that would mean a lot to us. We've got a lot of requests coming up soon. Don't worry if you sent one in. You will get it soon enough. I've been Alex. And this week I've been joined by... Matthew. Harry Bulls McArdle. <laughs> Oh, that's that's pushing it, isn't it? Matt, sign off for me, please. Uh, see you, everyone. Good night. Matt. This is a Narrative Network podcast.